Hello everyone and welcome back to More Than Yesterday. In this week's episode, I am joined by two of my lovely friends, Degane and Tara. And we're going to be talking about what's upsetting me and my homegirls. So in all seriousness, uh, we are talking about division this week and about the divides that we have within our communities as young people, as black people, and as individuals in society. So, um, bear with me y'all. Uh, we are in a pandemic, so I did have to do this over the phone. Oh, excuse the quality. Um, but I tried to make it as spruced up as possible. So enjoy this week's episode and I will see you guys next week. Bye. So thank you guys for coming on to my podcast. Um, for all of our listeners, welcome back to More Than Yesterday. My name is Kenzie, your host, and today we have two of my dearest friends. You guys want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, my name is Tara. Um, I go to Towson University with Mackenzie, and I am a major in early childhood education with a minor in business administration. Hi, my name is Begin. And I also go to Towson University with Kenzie. I'm her roommate. Um, I major in political science and criminal justice. Period. All right. So today we are going to be talking um, about something. What are we talking about, y'all? We're talking about divisions, right? And divisions in our community and the different forms they take and how we as um, individuals see it and how we connect on it. So I guess we can dive right in. So one of the first things I really wanted to talk on were um, colorism, you know? Um, It's very prevalent. It's a thing both inside and outside of our community. And we, as black people, enforce it ourselves. And sometimes when we don't even realize it and um, I don't know, like, what do you guys think? What, what, what was your first experience with colorism, if any? Gosh, <laughs> I'm light. So I haven't really experienced colorism for myself. But I will say I remember when we were younger, like, I think I was around like kindergarten or first grade is when like the term African booty scratcher first came out or first was introduced to me and I remember like not really understanding like what the significance behind it was like behind most jokes there's like a reason but it was just like it didn't really connect with me like what the joke was supposed to be like was this from a movie was this from like a tv show that maybe I missed or something like that but you know it kind of died out really quick when I was in elementary school but still like I remember and I remember them just thinking it was so funny and just the most hilarious thing back then and I just couldn't understand it but that was really my first interaction with colorism um as a dark-skinned woman um my first interaction with colorism kind of started really young into my childhood uh I was very pale for most of the beginning of my life and then as I got older I got darker and I didn't realize I was different until people started telling me that I was different um and as Tara was speaking on the term African booty scratcher as someone who is African uh that was something that was thrown at me a lot and honestly I've been dealing with colorism pretty much since the day I was born and have continuously been dealing with it into my adulthood so 
that's fun. <laughs> so Sarah, you have a lot of dark skin friends. I do. That's the thing. I have a lot of dark skin friends. Like my first best friend, dark skin. Love her. Love her to death. Shout out her. Shout out her. See, that's so funny because a lot of my friends are light skin, honestly. Yeah. I like when I was thinking, like with this whole like um time the time that we're in with like people being exposed for like their old tweets and things like that like I would think like have I ever said anything like that or have I ever you know like been been biased because of somebody's skin color especially people who are darker than me and I just think like I don't want to say that I haven't because I might not be thinking you know exactly back to the right time I'm, that just might be my own bias but as far as I can remember, I don't think I've ever acted like that. And I think that that stems from the fact that I've surrounded myself with a lot of dark skinned people. My mom is a dark skinned woman. A lot of my family members on my mother's side are dark skinned. So, and my dad's side is light skinned. So it's just like, I don't know. I just feel like it's part of the raise, the way that I was raised and who that I was like surrounded with as I grew up. See, for me, I have a light-skinned mother and a dark-skinned father, but I grew up with my mother. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of my trauma also comes from the, is that really your mom? You have nothing like her. And it's like, eh, I do. Quite a bit, actually. Just a little bit darker than her. Mm-hmm. But I realized how much people wanted to like separate me from my light-skinned family members, and I would never understand why. To the point when I was a significantly older age, still young, though, like in my young teens, I started to realize that I continuously would think of myself as less attractive because of my skin tone to the point that I thought that I genuinely believed if I was just a little bit lighter, I'd be more attractive. And it's like when you're a preteen and you're going through puberty and, you know, you're starting to get attention and you notice your friends getting attention and you're starting to get interested in relationships and things like that. Like those are things that really impact you and people don't realize how much it has to do with like your impact as as an adult and like how you grow and how you see yourself and how how the way that you see yourself therefore starts to relate to how you act with other people and the person you grow to be and I think a lot of that stems from like insecurities that are never addressed and when they are addressed people will call you bitter and tell you that you're not really remembering what really happened to you or telling you that you need to let go of your childhood but it's like how am I supposed to forget something that impacted me from ages like five to like 16 exactly that really bothers me when people say like oh you need to let go of things that happened to you in the past because like while like it is important for you to to heal yeah to do things like that you have to address them in order to heal from that you cannot just completely forget about it and just expect it not to take a toll on you at all throughout the rest of your life especially something that happened to you when you were so young Kids definitely internalize a lot of things that happen to them and it really affects them when they grow up. So for people to just say, forget about things that happened in your childhood, it's, it's just not realistic, honestly, it's not. Like another thing that I don't think a lot of people really understand is that sometimes colorism can be subconscious. And what I mean by that is you know, some of the things are so ingrained in our culture and our norms that we don't even realize what we're doing. And we don't realize the way that our everyday actions contribute to this culture of colorism. And 
I say that specifically being on the opposite spectrum of, you know, um, the perspective you were given to game, because for me, I wasn't ever aware of what my skin color meant until I got much older. Like I'm talking like pretty much high school, late high school, early college. And that's when a lot of that um, predetermined character was put on me. And I was just like, well, what are you, you know, what are you talking about? Um, I don't really understand. And so when people start highlighting, oh, like, you know, all light skins look like this, all light skins act like this. And it was kind of just like, okay, you know, like whatever. I think a lot of that stemmed from my family um, because I come from a lighter skinned mother's side and I would even I wouldn't even say dark skin like a brown skin father's side and for my father's side my father always looked for light-skinned women like it was a pattern that I even had to address with him it was just like you know light skin long hair and a big booty like it, it it doesn't make sense and that's the same pattern that we were seeing or at least I was facing with like my significant others, like, you know, um, people who were fetishizing black women, but only a certain kind of black women. And as I grew up with different um, friends, whether they be dark skin, brown skin or light skin, you could always tell like which ones were the ones that were picked out and which ones were uh, past that point of, oh no, she's too dark. You know what I mean? And I think that you know, being raised in a household where even in our family, we were, you know, judging our darker skinned family members versus our lighter skinned family members. Like that's an issue. Right. And it being in communities is even worse. And that, and that's kind of what I wanted to get at is, you know, how do you think colorism has played a part in our community it, development? I think it has hindered us. I think it's kept us from really coming together because I feel as though personally our communities have this really bad tendency as humans tend to have this tendency of separating themselves in any way shape or form so that we can continue like a hierarchy and it, it seems to be in our nature to do so but I don't think that that's a proper explanation for how we treat one another and I definitely see the effects that it has in our community because I feel those effects every single day and everything that I do is that I'm never just a black woman on top of being a black woman i'm a dark-skinned black woman i'm a very visibly afrocentric black woman so it's hard in my personal life it's hard in my professional life it's it's almost like i can't get away from it but it's like why am i trying to get away from my skin tone right it's like any part of me is all automatically deemed extremely loud extremely angry extremely unprofessional at times and personally I feel like you two as my friends have seen people automatically like kind of judge what type of person I'm going to be based off of their first reaction of me when it's kind of funny because we all seem to have very similar personalities but only one of us gets called out for it often right and it's it just it's noticeable and it sucks that it's noticeable but it is noticeable mm, I'm glad you said that or some, something about what you said reminded me um because I noticed that within our friend group, more than just us three, obviously, but within our friend group, there's always somebody asking um, you about your friend. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> and 
I hate to put it out there like that, but it's true because you experience it in different friend groups. And it's like, you know, really? Like, really? You can't go to the person yourself? You would not believe how many times I've heard, hey, yo, what's up with your friend, though? And I'm just like, it's always the same friend. I wonder why. And it's noticeable in every single group. And I I just say it because I I experience it in this way. I'm almost always the darkest person in all of my friend groups. Not intentionally, but like, that's just kind of how it happens. I'm almost always the darkest woman in all of my friend groups. And I say this very carefully without trying to sound like a pick me, but it's very noticeable that it goes like, whoever is the lightest in the room at that moment almost always is the person everyone will go towards. And it's like, I understand preference, but I also understand prejudice. And so I start to recognize this consistent pattern where I feel like even Kenzie has noticed it, like in times that we're all together within our own personal group, it's between you and our other friend. I'm not going to put her name out there for the time, but you know who is a ride around the same skin tone as you. That's like the same people that everybody kind of always is gravitated towards. And you're both wonderful women. And I appreciate you both so much, but I do recognize the consistent pattern that is seen over and over and over and over again especially within our own community at our school so it's like when you do recognize darker skinned women even the terms and the words that are used to recognize them are never they're always fetishized it's never anything positive has to do with who we are as actual people but it's always like oh i love your nubian skin Mm. and i'm like thank (laughs) you (laughs) i see i see myself in the mirror every day (laughs) Nubian goddess, African queen, like you even know where it is. drizzle. <laughs> are you just saying it because it sounds good to come out of your mouth? Like, you know how many times someone's asked me where Senegal is? And I'm like, didn't you just call me an African queen? Period. <laughs> I cannot. And, you know, I'm like, you know, we've this debate has been going on for years and uh i know it was most recent um on social media when you know um i guess light-skinned girls were talking about their injustices however in some way it had anything to do to defeat the purpose of what darker skinned women were coming to the tl with um and First of all, that's ridiculous because we all know that lighter skinned women have it easier in this world regardless. So if a darker skinned woman is speaking out about it, shut up, point blank, period. But, you. <laughs> you know, I I will say that there are some things that, um, that, are, that, are, that are not good even for the lightest of us. You know, like it comes with a lot of what you would call privileges and it has for centuries as a sad result of slavery you know it it doesn't make it any better you know even if you're fetishized for being the darkest or for some way shape or form you're uncategorical because you're so exotic looking like it's like everyone's trying to achieve this most mixed up looking thing and it's just it's unfeasible and it's distasteful. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. And it really, it drives this woman versus woman division, which is another um, aspect of it I was going to bring up today because, you know, not only are we fighting each other already because of the color of our skin or the, the tone of our skin, but women are already in constant competition with each other. And it's so tiring, y'all. Like, there's always going to be someone that looks better, someone that dresses better, 
anything you name it is going to be out there but it's like why why is there such a competition I don't know if I'm the only one that thinks of it like this I do I definitely do um but see with myself I try not to do things I try to think like if somebody thinks of their self in competition with me then I kind of take it as a compliment maybe I'm doing something right um obviously and obviously like a little competition isn't bad in every aspect like sometimes competition is good for personal growth for yourself or helping someone else grow but when it's so negative it's just it kind of just takes out the growth aspect of it and just leaves you with a bunch of mess honestly so my thing when it comes to women in competition i just i don't like it i think that it would be better if we kind of just stood together and uplifted each other more, especially when we already have men as a whole who try to tear women down at any aspect. And let me just go ahead and put this out there. Not all men, obviously, but a good majority of men do try to tear women down for even the smallest of things. So when you see another woman joining in on that or, you know, you know just applauding men for doing that or just taking up for them for doing that it just doesn't make any sense to me because it's like we're all supposed to be together in this fight and being so separate kind of really doesn't get us anywhere I, I don't get it I personally don't get it yeah the issue with privilege though is that nobody wants to admit it but they like their privilege. Some people do like that they are privileged as lighter skinned individuals. And because yeah. of that privilege, they don't want that to go away. They get things easier. They are more respected often. Um, people don't assume things about you as often when you're lighter skinned in America and in several other countries, including in the country that my family's from in Senegal. Um, and I just recognize this based off of how my lighter skinned family members are treated and how I'm treated. Mm -hmm. And it's very apparent at times when, you know, for example, when there's a specific thread meant for dark skinned women and then a lighter skinned woman will go, why do we have to separate ourselves? We're all the same. You guys don't have to do this. You don't have to put yourself up there based off of your skin tone. But it's like at the same time, your username is light skin mommy. So I don't really know what you want me to do. But <laughs> In that same regard, it's, it's frustrating because it's like, you know, dark skin women didn't get a platform for a really, really, really long time. And when we finally started to accept ourselves, it, it still isn't enough because at the end of the day, while there may be more dark skin characters in shows and stuff like that for representation, it's never the main character. It's never the love interest. Yeah. If it's not Lupita, it's just she's just not in the movie. There's just no dark skin girl. Like it's it's baffling. And then they make the dark skin girl myself. go through so much. So like much. Make sure the okay. person born always vents to, always has to carry the emotional baggage, then also has to go home to her family that is toxic or has a toxic boyfriend or whatever. Like it's never anything positive and uplifting for dark skinned women in media and entertainment. And we're tired. We wanna see dark skinned women happy and thriving and Winning. being being loved. I don't want to see any more movies about suffering as a black person. Quite mm -hmm. honestly, people are capitalizing on the suffering of dark skinned women, of black people. They capitalize on the suffering because they think that that's what we want to see. I don't want to see that anymore. I don't want 
every single time I see myself in a movie that it has to be about slavery or it has to be about colorism or it has to be about some man crime. like crime and murder and things like that. This is why I say, like I've repeated this multiple times now, um, and I'm sure y'all are going to get tired of me saying this, but I truly think that representation is so important because if you never see anyone with your background going in the direction that you're going now or want to go into, it's going to be a hard road. Either that or you're going to give up because you don't have hope to get there and you don't have anyone alongside you saying, oh, you can do it. Most of the times you don't. People just say, you know, they get, they give you that little, yeah, girl, you got it. Go on and do it. But then when you're actually about to do it, people don't pull up for it. And that's something else that really has shown itself a, like being a, a, a prevalent practice for our age group. Like, you know, they're all about this, you know, everyone eats mentality. But when it actually comes to pulling up, you realize that everyone is a different definition than what we've been growing up with. Because if it were truly everyone, you would keep that support going. You would keep that same energy. And it creates this division between people who actually want to do stuff and make stuff happen versus the people. And the people will kind of support the same people that they've always been supporting. And a lot of the times it's not, you know, the darker skinned woman, or let's just say the darker skinned community, because it can be a man or a woman, you know, it's, it's the ones that are already out there and that get fetishized and that really are that standard beauty or that standard um, individual in, in maybe their career path or whatever. And it's just, it makes it so hard for people who actually want to help and have things of substance to really push out there and to do. And that's why if no one has done it before you, not only are you working against people who are so stuck in this mainstream mentality of supporting the same people that have already made it damn near, um, but you're also fighting a system that is working against you in so many other ways. And, and, and that's what kind of pisses me off because it's just like we're trying to get there to make sure that other people can get here with us and after us and right alongside of us so it's like if you don't pull up for everyone that wants to actually make shit happen for this community then you might as well not pull up for anyone at all because if you keep supporting your same DMV photographers, your same DMV artists, your same, you know, anything, um, designers, you name it. If you're only supporting those same people and they've already kind of made it and even them who make it and don't come back to make sure that other people eat, then you're starving our community and you're not feeding into its progress. And, and, and that kind of irritates me because it's like, we genuinely have great people out here that are trying to do things but no one's willing to pay any attention to them because they don't have the reputation you know they're they're just starting 
I definitely agree. I definitely think that people, um, I think a lot of it kind of stems from everybody looking to hype up one thing at one time and not hype up everybody at the same time. Like, I feel like somebody might discover an artist um, whether it be like music or like a photographer, painter, whatever it may be, designer. And they might say, oh, they have cool stuff. Like they have great products. They have this, they have that. Everybody come look at this and everybody goes and look at that. And then, you know, there are also these other people over here with products that are just as great products that are amazing in quality that nobody is really paying attention to because everybody is kind of just focused on one thing at one time and I feel like a lot of it stems from you know when like certain businesses and stuff like they get that clout once they get that clout everybody wants to be riding that wave but there are multiple waves out here that we can ride all together and take all of these people with these excellent ideas to the top like it doesn't have to be just one person at one time we don't have to just do one person put one person in the industry and then they put on for all of us no we can put all, everybody in the industry and let everybody put on for us like we don't need it to just be this singular thing where oh i'm from the dmv oh i'm from here i made it so the whole dmv made it no that's not technically what it is you have to uplift everybody around you everybody's content everybody's creative ideas everybody's anything you need to uplift it all and let it all be heard let it all be seen and give it all the same amount of clout in my opinion um when you were speaking it made me think about um a lot of the stuff that i've been personally advocating for in regards to the black lives matter movement um if you don't think all black lives matter then you don't think black lives matter and i say this very intentionally because the people that I have seen that have been colorist are misogynistic, sexist, just problematic as a whole are the main ones advocating for Black Lives Matter. But if you don't think trans Black Lives Matter, if you don't think gay Black Lives Matter, if you don't think the Black Lives of a woman matter, if you don't think people who are gender fluid matter, if you don't believe that everybody's Black Lives Matter, then you don't believe Black Lives Matter. And that is a system that works with that works against us because it seems as though for me a lot of the black community cannot just agree that we all matter it's almost like a lot of the times we separate ourselves because again the hierarchical system that we want to create if you think that you're better than somebody because of something that they identify that's outside of their race then you don't think that you're equal to them but you're at the same time you're fighting for equality and, and not actually equal you're fighting for equity I was thinking today I was out and I was talking to my friend and I was just like, you know, all these divisions don't make sense. And they don't make sense because we have actual issues in our world that concern all of us and that don't give a damn about the color of your skin, meaning deadly diseases, cancer, which kills a lot of people. Um, we have to worry about the environment, y'all. I mean, this planet is dying and I, I don't I don't mean to go all, you know, hippie or anything, but that's something I'm genuinely passionate about is this this environment and that the earth can only sustain us at the same rate for so long. And if anything, we've actually overshot by now. So 
that's something that concerns all of us like the ozone layer don't care if you are black or you're white is going to affect us all like i don't understand why we're so focused on fighting the same battles like aren't y'all tired like aren't you tired of being racist by now it's been 400 years it's been literally 400 years and you're still fighting against each other when we have to be fighting against deadly diseases that kill us all heart disease in america heart disease is like the number one killer but yet y'all want to focus on matters of who y'all mixing and mingling with like it it it's not clicking to me and honestly i'm tired of it always being a thing there's just enough money i think about this all the time if we wanted to just end homelessness and world hunger we literally could but instead we just accept it as our reality and go well this is just what life is and it's like it's not what life is it's what you wanted and let life become but it's not what life is there's a lot of things that could be done if everyone pulled together i mean we've seen it in the last two weeks like all of these petitions and all of these donation centers that have been having goals of how many signatures and how, how many donations they need, they're literally reaching their goals overnight. Something that was unheard of in normal America, like pre-pandemic America. Like people, right. what I will say about the pandemic, it is devastating, but people stopped. Before, people were so busy where they weren't even thinking twice about something that was concerning crossing their TL. Like they didn't care and they didn't have the time to stop. And now people don't have to go to work. They don't have any obligations. Students aren't really in school anymore. So it's like, now y'all care, but that care should have been there a long time ago. You need to pay attention to it when you don't have the time. You need to pay attention to it when you do have the time. You need to pay attention to it when you get ready to go to bed, when you wake up in the morning. Just check. Like, it's there. The information is there. You literally just have to look. It doesn't take more than five seconds, five Ooh, minutes free. to find out. It's free. Like, it, it's not that hard to stay updated with what's going on in your community and find ways that you can help. Me... And my ass, who had who ain't had no job, has been out here donating to bail funds, donating to all these different people and all these different, um, I don't want to call them companies because they're not really companies, but funds. And it's just like, I ain't got exactly. no money, but I'm giving my last dollars to you guys. Where are the people who have money? Where exactly. are Open your purse. Open, open your, in purse. your purse. <laughs> I opened my purse and my purse had $4. Exactly. I gave my last, okay? I opened my Forever 21 handbag. <laughs> you can open up your motherfucking Louis Vuitton. Your Birkin. Your okay. Birkin. Open your Birkin. Open your Birkin. We're tired. I opened up my little Ron purse. I need you to open your Birkin. Okay. I opened up my little thrifted bag. You can open up your Birkin, please. <laughs> like, that just be pissing me off because it's like, if we really pull together, we can make this stuff happen. Right. But we can't get over ourselves for five minutes. And I agree. If COVID did not happen, 
this would just be another black man killed. Let's be honest, y'all. And it's sad, I know, and I hate to say it out loud, but it's true. And it seems as if the people with the least power and the least pull in this society are doing the absolute most for these movements. And granted, they probably have a lot more at stake in these movements, but it's like, if you know you have an influence and if you know you have some kind of power, use it. Like, legit, open your purse, use your voice, and speak up. And that's why all these artists not saying anything, it just creates a bigger division between the people that make it out and the people who are still in it. Right. And it makes no sense. And and these divisions are killing us, y'all. Like, they're absolutely killing us. And we'll never make it anywhere. What are some things that y'all want to see in a more inclusive and less divided future? Like, what are, what are some things that would be a goal for y'all to obtain or to work towards? either individually or as a whole? Well, for myself, definitely. Um, A lot of what I want to do, of course, stems in education. Um, So one of my biggest goals in life is to always teach inclusivity to my my students, Um, not just my students, my children, any child that I may watch in the future, in any type of way, whether that just might be a cognitive exercise or a social experiment with my children, you know, just just making sure that they realize that everybody's life literally is worth the same as the next person's life. And that that measurement of everybody's life, what everybody's life is worth is it's it's not measurable like you just it's literally not anything that you can explain which means that we have to treat everybody literally the way you want to be treated the golden rule so a lot of what i want to do stems from that um a lot of what i would like to see from this movement that's happening now definitely defunding of the police and reallocating that money to education reform health care um, reform. We could definitely have free health care for everybody if we really wanted to. Um, transportation, things like railways, subways, things like that. Even just the simple thing as using that money to hire people and give them the products that they need to keep the subway stations clean. You, we see within this last pandemic that Places aren't being cleaned like that. Public places that people use every single day, every hour of the day are not being cleaned like that. And you put three billion, four billion, right. And you put like three, four billion dollars into the police. We definitely need to start defunding the police and reallocating that money towards things that are actually going to help communities thrive, taking that money and putting them into communities of color, taking that money and building recreation centers and putting them in schools getting getting children better textbooks getting children air conditioning and heat simple things that they should just have in a school and of course these are things that are that that white people do have in their schools but want to see a lot of that happening and um yeah i think i think that might be all i have 
Um, for me, I I want to go um, back a little bit, and I don't want to just talk about um, you know the issue that is between race, economics, and things like that. But I also just want to talk on like um, the the young community because there's there's a lot of divisions and even the most basic thing of like college like and honestly if you think about it it's kind of where it all stems from because yeah we go through it in middle school and high school you have your cliques and everything but the cliques that you really make uh in your primal adult years like college that's what really ends up being reflected back into the workforce and that has a huge contribution to how people's lives are played out and you know what kind of jobs they get and what kind of pay they receive so I think what I really want to see stopped is you know the idea of college being an elite system of people and you know if you're a part of x y and z you're looked at one way like no a college education is a blessing to anybody and everyone receiving it so to to put certain colleges on a pedestal to put certain organizations on pedestals is sad and then you're, the people who are sitting next to you in class or sitting next to your org meeting, those are the people that you end up looking out for in the workforce. And a lot of times people are deprived from being a part of those systems and organizations because they, they, they weren't in on it. They didn't have the connects. And that's not okay because we should all be connected. We are all one people. And... If you don't want to see a person doing well and happy for themselves just for the sake of them being a person, then you have to look back in your heart and see what's wrong with you. Because you should want everyone that you encounter to be happy, everyone that you encounter to eat, just the same as you. So for me personally, I am calling on all college students to change the way they think, change up the people they support. If you like the people who, um, you know, are doing well for themselves already, that's great. Keep supporting them. But don't forget there's more people out here that need your support and that they need an audience to speak back to them. And and they need to feel like their community has got them at the end of the day. And they're going to make sure that they're, they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that they get where they deserve to be and where their work deserves to be. You know, if you like it, give it that support and give it nonstop, unconditional support, period. And even if you have something of your own going on for yourself, that does not mean you can't support somebody else. Like I said, I follow it. We all eat. I'm broke. We still in, we still all eat. So it really doesn't matter. I know I stand by that. We all gonna eat. (laughs) Like... Even in the apartment we live in, I'm like, is that my dinner? Yeah, we got some rice. <laughs> I'm like, I made chicken. It's only four pieces, but we can make it work. <laughs> Dice it up a little bit. This <laughs> <laughs> is funny because you guys know that's literally me. <laughs> this is our, actually our life. Okay. Well, I only got two juice boxes. 
and there's four of us. Put a little water in it, make it, make it last a little longer. So we must split these juice boxes. <laughs> okay, girl, I feel like I went on the best way of my life. Right. Like, I really feel very relieved. I feel like a lot of these things that we talked about was just, like, you know, stuff that I've been saying on the timeline. I don't really, I retweet a lot of things, especially about this movement, but I don't really say too much. Um, but, yeah, this is really what I had to say. Like, yeah. if it had to be a tweet, if it had to be a post, it would I just be this one. Right. Yeah, this is really like, I'm not gonna lie, like having this outlet to just talk is really great. And that's, that's really what I want people to do to just talk. Like, I don't even care. Sometimes we go off topic because people feel so relieved afterwards because they're not used to saying whatever they want. And they're not used to talking about things like this, that if you were to talk about it in a regular day to day space and environment, people look at you crazy. Like, what'd you just say? Like, like, why are you talking about this right now? Exactly. But it needs to be said and it needs to be addressed. So I'd like to note I said what I said. Right. <laughs> you can DM me if you want to talk about it. I want to throw your ad out, sis. At Forever the Game. <laughs> Let me know if there's an issue. Okay. Be blessed. Well, thank y'all so much for being on my podcast oh my god this sounds so weird (laughs) it's fun though but thank you guys and we appreciate you coming we why do i say why fluorizing stuff like i'm a team i'm a solo person (laughs) this will be a team one day trust me exactly (laughs) girl i hope so because this stuff is stressful i'll be sitting here like whoa what love you thank you thank you for having us mackenzie Thank you for coming, guys. Hope you guys enjoy. Period. (laughs) All right, y'all. I will hit y'all later. And thank you for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.